Well, hello, Heritage Baptist Church and anyone out there who may be watching on social media. Welcome to Wednesday in the Word. I am Nathan Fox. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, the student ministries pastor. And actually, I'm teaching uh, from one of our student ministries room, shooting in this room. I'm just so thankful to have you join me today. And I'm hopeful that our time together in the Word will be an encouragement to you. We will be in the book of Psalms, chapter 1. So the very first psalm in the book of Psalms is where we're going to land today. And as you're making your way there, whether through a physical copy of God's Word or on your phone, I want to talk about today digging and delighting, or delighting in the dig. And perhaps if you're like me, when you hear the word dig or digging, It conjures up, it brings to mind treasure and treasure hunting. As a little boy, I was always fascinated with treasure, buried treasure. I loved to read books like Treasure Island. I loved more recent movies like National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. And of course, you know, many many treasure hunts begin with a map, if not all treasure hunts begin with a map. That the map reader will analyze the map, will tell the reader of the map where to go to find the treasure. Of course, once you get to the X on the map where the treasure ought to be, you know that the work isn't done, that you have to lay down the map, pick up a shovel, and begin to dig. You have to dig and dig and dig, and it may take a while, but you know on the other side of that dig is a treasure worth finding. Matter of fact, I really don't know of many people who like to dig on its own. Digging is, at least to me, a laborious task. It, it is a sweat-inducing, blister-producing task that is really, for me, not much fun. But if you knew that there were a treasure on the other side of that dig, well, then the dig is worth it. It's well worth it. And for me, at least, that's how I see the Word of God. That's how I personally look at the Word of God. That there are treasures in this book the most significant treasure being knowing God himself on a more intimate, personal level as he reveals himself through his word to the reader. That you, you, you look at this book and it is, you can take all the monies of the world, all the gold and the silver and the coins and the cash, you can lump some of them together and they would pale in comparison to the treasure that is the word of God. And there are many benefits in reading the Word of God. And from Psalm chapter 1, I want to I dig out some of those secondary benefits. The primary benefit, of course, is that you get, you get to know God and, and treasure God as He ought to be treasured through the understanding and the reading of His Word. But there are some secondary benefits I think Psalm chapter 1 draws out for us as well. So if you would join me. In Psalm chapter 1, we're going to read the entirety of the psalm and then break it down in our time together. Starting in verse 1, it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, there's that word delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. 
but the wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I want to draw your attention first off in this psalm to, to verse 2, because this is really where the, the devotional is kind of springing forth from. The word delight is presented in that verse. Delight in what? In the word of God. Delight in the law of the Lord. And I've already hopefully laid out for you that the primary delight that we get in reading scripture is that we understand God on a more intimate, personal level. We see who he is, his character, how he acts, how he operates, how he responds to the, the needs of men. The, the, the God of the universe can be understood through his book, through the book given to us. Delighting in the law of God, the law of the Lord. And on this law, says the blessed man meditates day and night. Meditates is to think about, to ponder, to analyze, to, to look at from every angle. So I think it's worth asking at this point in this time, just a, a list of questions to you who are listening. About your time in the word. The quality of time in the word. Questions like, how can you enjoy, how can you delight in that which you do not know? How can you know God through his word if you're not actually spending time in his word? Therefore, how can you really delight in God if you're not being a student of his word? Or what does the, the time in his word look like for you? Is it, is it a passing glance? Is it a check-the-box mentality? Is time in God's word for you merely what you do on Wednesdays when someone else is presenting his word to you? Or is it what we do on Sundays? Is that your only encounter with the word of God as Pastor Nathan or some other speaker opens up scripture and seeks to explain it? Are you piggybacking off someone else's delight in the word of God? Or is it for you something that is very personal, a very personal delight, a very personal enjoyment, that you, you are a personal meditator of Scripture, that you read Scripture and you seek to understand it and you seek to take it into every avenue of your life. You seek to apply the Word of God out of a delight into every arena of your day. We are told here, that the blessed man meditates things through the word of God day and night. Now, what benefits would we have in doing so? What are the practical benefits of being a student of the word? Well, I think you see some here in this psalm, and some rather clearly. The first one can be found in verse 1. One of the benefits of being a student of Scripture is that it actually keeps you from wickedness. Scripture is always pointing you towards godliness and away from wickedness. We see here that there is a reality of wickedness, of evil in our world. And there are counselors, people who proclaim and teach things that are contrary to the word of God. That there are people who practice those things. And I'm going to ask again some questions. Are you a person 
that in hearing the worldly teachings of our present day, you being a student of the word of God are much more quick to dissect and say no to those teachings because you know the word of God so well that anything counterfeit, anything phony, anything that would distract or pull you away from godliness is quickly discarded. May we be reminded that Jesus was a great example of this in the wilderness when Satan, the great tempter, came to him with very real temptations. And what did Jesus combat Satan with? The word of God. The word rightly divided, rightly understood, a student of scripture that when temptation came, Jesus quickly responded with truth. May we be so grounded in truth. One of the great benefits of being so grounded in truth is that when temptation comes, and it will, when, when the tempter knocks on your heart, and he will, when he's prowling around, and he will, he does. We are so much quicker to discern, dissect, and say no to the things that God would have us say no to, to say yes to the things that he would have us say yes to. And in so doing, glorify his name. So that's one of the benefits of being a student of the word of God. Another benefit that we see from this passage is that actually being a student of scripture produces timely fruit in our lives. In verse three, there's, a, there's an illustration of a tree. And a tree can only produce fruit so long as the health of the tree is, is good. A tree that's deeply dug into the soil, planted by streams of water that are constantly saturating the tree so that one day the tree will produce the, the fruit that the tree was designed to produce. Christian, I, I want to remind you that we are called to saturate our souls in Scripture. That as we read the Word of God, as we saturate ourselves, as we think through and meditate and think on the Word of God, the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God and grows us in, in our faith. And, and from that flows fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Spirit-filled person will, must find him or herself deeply rooted in the word of God. It saturates us, grows us, and from that growth is fruit, which by the way, fruit benefits other people. Your spiritual fruit, your spiritual growth is not just for you. It is for those around you as well, that others benefit from the fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing through the word in your life. How good it is for us to be reminded that people around you, people around you, you converse with on a daily basis and how good it is to be reminded that those conversations that you have with people, those interactions that you have with people, you have an opportunity to display a spirit-filled life. So when conflict is happening, whether in the home or in the workplace, you can respond to that conflict in gentleness. How? because you have been saturating yourself in the truths of scripture, the Holy Spirit growing you in that area, that you would respond with conflict in a way of gentleness and self-control. Or, or to be a, a, an encourager, to be a, a, a loving encourager to people around you who maybe need a word of encouragement. Or to be the, the person who would 
in self-control, you, you confront people biblically because you're a student of scripture and you know, again, what scripture tells us to avoid and what scripture tells us to pursue. That the fruit that is born in your life through the reading and the soaking up of scripture actually can be a help to those around you is a, is a needed reminder. Timely fruit. Another great benefit of being a student of scripture is that it sharpens our eternal perspective. It reminds us that this world is not it. And we're, we're seeing that at the latter part of this psalm where, where it says that there's a way for the righteous, but there's also a way of the wicked and the wicked will perish, which implies then that the righteous will, will inherit life. We're, we need to be mindful of this, students of scripture, readers of God's word, believers, that there is a way for everyone. The righteous, those who are in Christ, their way is life. And the response to that should be joy and thanksgiving, that you get to know God on a personal level. He has sent his son, that you would know him on an intimate level, that through the son we know the father. Oh, should that not produce great joy? Should it then be such a joyful thing for us to read about this father, this good God from his word? But there should also be a, a, another reminder that there are those outside of Christ. There are those who are not in him that are currently in sin and their way right now is a way towards perishing. And what that should elicit in us, the response in us should be one of grief and urgency to get the gospel out there to tell people about Jesus from all corners of the globe, no exclusion. Christian, may we, may we be reminded that the feat of evangelism happens as we understand that there is a true, eternal destination for everyone. And those outside of Christ, truly, their way is a way of perishing. May it quicken our feet to take the gospel to the nations. May it quicken our feet to take the gospel across the street. The good news that there doesn't have to be hell at the end of your life, but that Christ has provided a way for life and life can only be found in him. These are truths of scripture. That as we're students of the word of God, these are benefits that we take with us into our everyday practical life. So as we think of today, as we think of saturating our, our minds in scripture, being students of the word, digging up these treasures for ourselves, may we be reminded that it keeps us from wickedness, that it bears timely fruit in the right season at the right time, and that it actually is a propelling of evangelism to the nations. So I hope, I hope this is an encouragement to you. As I've been reading through Psalm chapter 1, I hope that this is just an encouragement to you to be a student of Scripture. Read the Word. Yes, it is a process. Yes, it is a labor, but it is a labor of love. Delight in it. Enjoy it. Just dwell in Scripture. Meditate on Scripture and let it be the fuel for every day, every night of living. Psalm chapter one, being a student of the word, delighting in the dig. Thank you so much for joining me on this Wednesday. I hope this was an encouragement to you. 
Hope this was a challenge to you as well. Thank you again for joining me. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We will see you next week. Bye, guys.